The Forum on Workplace Inclusion's 2021 podcast series is sponsored by Best Buy. More diversity in tech means more ideas that can change the world. Learn more at bestbuy.com slash more of this. We're excited to announce two employment opportunities at the Forum on Workplace Inclusion. The Forum is looking for an experienced sales representative and a registrar slash administrative coordinator to join our team. Visit forumworkplaceinclusion.org slash employment for more information and to apply today. That's forumworkplaceinclusion.org slash employment. Something big is coming to a world of unknowns. Take the first step towards tackling inequities in a world of unknowns by visiting forumworkplaceinclusion.org slash 2022. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers. You help support the growth of the podcast and reach new listeners. If you like what you're hearing on the Forum Podcast, please consider writing a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you've already written a review, thank you. Please consider sharing our podcast with a friend, family member, or a colleague you think might find value in the content. Word of mouth is the best way the Forum grows, so thank you very much for listening and sharing. Thanks again, and enjoy the show. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Forum on Workplace Inclusion podcast series brought to you by Best Buy. I'm Ben Rue, Program Manager here at the Forum. We're really looking forward to today's podcast, Fostering Women Leaders, Learnings from a Tibetan Leadership Context, with Tibetan Community Leader Tenzin Norden. In this episode, Tenzin will address how individuals and organizations can foster women's leadership by applying learnings from her research in the Tibetan community. Fostering Women's Leadership is a Story of Inclusion. During this podcast, Tenza Norden, a researcher and community leader, will share her research on fostering Tibetan women leaders of tomorrow. Her research details the leadership challenges six Tibetan women leaders faced in their leadership journeys and the strategies individuals and organizations can use to foster Tibetan women's leadership. Learnings from this case study shed light on how individual women can cultivate their leadership and how organizations can create environments for women leaders and other marginalized populations to thrive in. In this episode, listeners will learn to understand the leadership development context Tibetan women leaders face and to understand the components of the individual and organizational leadership's development plans. Tenzin Norden is a Tibetan American leader with a passion and mission to bring sustainable change to communities. She immigrated to the United States with her family in 1998 and has been an active member of the Tibetan community in Minnesota since then. In 2008, Norden co-founded Lambton, a college access program for Tibetan youth in Minnesota, and led the program for nine years. In 2015, she went on to co-found Youth for Umilam to raise an awareness of the middle way approach through education, political advocacy, community engagement, youth empowerment, and peaceful conflict resolution. She led this organization as its president for two years and vice president for one. In 2019, Tenzin was recognized by the Central Tibetan Administration as a 5 under 35 youth ambassador. In 2020, Tenzin was elected to the board of the Tibetan American Foundation of Minnesota, where she is currently serving as 
education as its education director. Tenzin attended Carleton College and graduated in 2011 with a BA in biology. In 2020, she graduated with an MA in organizational leadership strategic management from St. Catherine University. Her master's thesis explored how the Tibetan exile community can intentionally cultivate leadership among the next generation of Tibetan women. She is ecstatic to share her research community work and personal journey as a Tibetan woman leader through this podcast and to build community among others who also believe in creating inclusive spaces where people explore, learn, and thrive. Thanks, Ben. I'm so glad to be here with you and your listeners today and to chat with you about a topic that's so near and dear to my heart. That's so great to hear, and we're so excited to have you here as well. So I know I just did a brief intro, but I'd love to sh- to have you share a little bit about yourself and more about your research. Sounds good to me. Um, hello, Forum Podcast listeners. My name is Tenzin Norden, and I am a Tibetan woman leader, which I'll refer to as TWL for the duration of this podcast. Since I immigrated to the United States in 1998, I've been an active member of the Tibetan community in Minnesota. From 2008, I started taking on leadership roles in the Tibetan community through various organizations and realized that I wanted to study leadership so that I could be a better leader myself and I could help foster future women leaders in my community. That's how I ended up at St. Catherine University as a student of organizational leadership and with this specific research topic. Little did I know that TWLs were a recent phenomenon within the Tibetan exile community and that I was a direct byproduct of it. Before the 1950s, Tibetans did not typically see women as leaders in public life. Women were first elected um, or entered public life as leaders after China invaded Tibet in the late 1950s. Tibetans left Tibet and went into exile to escape, and they built an exile community in India and established the Central Tibetan Administration in 1959, which is the de facto government in exile for Tibetans. The democratic reforms to the CTA gave Tibetan women in exile many rights and opportunities to develop their leadership capacity. However, women are still grossly underrepresented in the highest levels of leadership throughout the Tibetan exile community. Initially, I wanted to understand how the next generation of Tibetan women could intentionally cultivate their leadership within the Tibetan exile community. This purpose informed my research design, which was a qualitative research study where data collection was broken into two phases with two distinct methods. Phase one entailed surveying 42 Tibetan youth aged 18 to 35 about their understanding of leadership and who they saw as Tibetan women leaders within the community. The survey itself was conducted in English, had 10 questions, and was sent through social media and email networks. I asked five questions to confirm if they were the right candidates for my study, and then five open-ended questions that helped me see what the emerging leaders in our community felt about the current state of Tibetan women's leadership. All questions were voluntary, and participating in the survey was completely voluntary and anonymous. Due to the structure of my survey, I was able to obtain 42 responses. Phase two entailed interviewing six TWLs who are identified most often through the phase one survey. Um, We basically asked them about their leadership journey, what they recommend in developing the next generation of TWLs. And this phase included um, an aspect of autoethnography as described by George Theo Harris, as I was also interviewed as a TWL. Questions range from asking about their leadership journeys, their perspective on leadership in the Tibetan community, and how to help cultivate the next generation of TWLs. 
I used a grounded theory approach to coding as detailed by Straws and Carbon and the womanist and leadership development theoretical frameworks throughout the data analysis process. And through my data analysis, it became clear that my original research question of how the next generations of Tibetan women can intentionally cultivate leadership within the Tibetan exile community contained assumptions not supported by my findings, specifically that Tibetan women were responsible and best positioned to cultivate um, leadership among themselves. In contrast, basically, the, the data revealed that the importance of both individual leaders and the community as a whole in developing TWLs um, was important. Thus, my research question, my revised research question became, how can the Tibetan exile community intentionally cultivate leadership within the Tibetan, the next generation of Tibetan women? And that was basically encompassing both individuals and the community at large. Um, so I was able to use that question and go through with the rest of my work. Wow, that is awesome and very thorough. It sounds like your community work and your life have been leading you to the work that you're doing today. As you mentioned, I'm curious how the Tibetan community defines leadership characteristics and if those characteristics may be specific to the Tibetan community. Exactly, Ben. Uh, my life and community work have intersected here and it's quite exciting to contribute to my community in this way. As for leadership characteristics, the data reveal that Tibetan youth and TWLs identified leaders um, as those who spoke up, possessed strong communication skills um, that helped them build connection and trust with others and were passionate about and active in doing community work. Five out of the six TWLs mentioned the importance of being fearless in their leadership. And for these leaders, being fearless meant that they spoke their mind and were consistent with their values. Um, all TWLs interviewed directly or indirectly spoke about the importance of possessing communication skills and how those skills help build bonds between a community and themselves. Some communication skills mentioned were public speaking, listening, ability to speak to a diverse uh, range of audiences, clarity in speech and language skills. Three interview participants also talked about the importance of being community oriented and thinking about what was best for the community. I think the community orientation is definitely a leadership characteristic that is specific to the Tibetan community, um, but I'd be curious about what others think as well um, about that. Yes, definitely. It's really fascinating to hear that having passion for community, uh, like having passion for and doing community work are considered leadership characteristics. Now that we've heard some of the leadership characteristics, I'm wondering what leadership challenges TWLs faced in their leadership journeys. Yes, so TWLs identified uh, four barriers to leadership, um, a limiting definition of leadership itself, gender roles, conflicting expectations of success, and a lack of representation of women leaders as at, in general. All TWLs shared that the Tibetan community defined leadership as occupying former roles such as holding public office or being elected to an organization. Furthermore, all the T, uh, all TWLs interviewed agreed that most formal roles were held by older men in the community, thereby creating a perception of men as leaders. Thus, you know, most TWLs, all of whom had formal titles, were not seen or accepted as leaders at the beginning of their leadership journey because they didn't fit the typical idea of a leader, someone with a title, an older person, and a male. Jashi, who was one of the TWLs I interviewed, said, it's like we're in this race together with men, but we, we have a late start. Men have a head start. One of the most difficult things was just being, before being accepted, being seen. 
all TWLs interviewed described double standards um, they faced um, because they were women. Often these gender roles showed up in both their lives um, in the community and also when they were performing leadership roles. But TWLs experienced gender roles differently. Though only three TWLs directly mentioned patriarchy through the interviews, everyone spoke about the double standards they felt in the community. For example, Tashi felt conflicted and stressed because of the conflicting expectations of her gender and her leadership role. At one time, um, she described uh, how she was expected to simultaneously serve tea while also lead the meeting um, as it was happening and taking place. She goes on to say that these expectations originated from gender norms and that the community must get rid of them. Um, and if, you know, to really go beyond that. And so she said earlier, I was talking about, well, you know, the whole pouring tea um, situation and also burning down to gender norms, getting rid of those things, addressing that a lot of those things are socially created. It totally is very difficult to do both of those things, especially when at that moment of truth, in that moment, um, you're, you're decided, you're supposed to decide between an expectation that people have of you and an expectation that you have of yourself. And sometimes um, those don't align, right? Yeah. And they're both very and um, socially create or guided. Or yep. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, moving forward, there's also um, an expectation of success. And so, so three TWLs describe this relationship between their expectation of success and their persistence as leaders. Um, sometimes these expectations help TWLs look and feel successful. Um, however, sometimes these expectations hindered um, the, the community's view of successful TWLs. So for example, um, Gunchen, one of the, those that we interviewed, um, shared that the expectation of success was perceived by the community as Tibetan women getting a quality education, finding a good job, getting married, buying a house, and having children. Gunchen specifically spoke about how difficult it was for the Tibetan community to see that Tibetan women leaders were successful, irrespective of marriage and motherhood. She said, marriage, children, raising children, there's a lot of pressure. And I think every person, not just women, needs to really think about what matters to them and why they're feeling, you know, um, what they're feeling, where they're feeling the pressure from, and whose definitions uh, are you being pressured to fit into. And that just sheds light on, you know, just like we talked about earlier, um, these expectations that um, are placed on women and um, sometimes that not aligning with what the expectations they have of themselves in their capacity as leaders. Um, and then finally, the last uh, barrier that all TWLs actually um, mentioned was that they were aware of the lack of representation of women leaders in decision-making bodies within the community. They recognized also that the, their, the importance of the Tibetan Women's Association for women's representation um, was so key um, in the community for it being, you know, having been around for so long and however long that it was. The participants interviewed mentioned um, how they were either the only woman in a decision-making body, like a leadership board of a community organization, or one of the few women there. And a consequence of this lack of representation is that young women don't see themselves reflected in the Tibetan cause or community. Uh, Jeshi shared that one way to address larger systems of oppression was to put more women leaders in positions of power. So ultimately, these barriers negatively impacted community members' views of, um, you know, the TWL's competence uh, led to microaggressions against TWLs and took them on a path from cultivating their leadership skills and experiences. 
Another impact of these challenges was that TWLs felt burnt out and wanted to leave leadership roles if they did not implement the leadership strategies that we'll discuss next. Um, it is also important to note that these were the four barriers that I came across in my research, but women from other backgrounds may have encountered some of these barriers as they are not specific to the Tibetan community. And also to say that these aren't the only barriers that Tibetan women or women or you know the, um, those in the exile community will face in their leadership journeys. But ultimately, um, and in order to you know, for any community to effectively cultivate leadership among Tibetan women, um, these challenges, among others, must be addressed. Yeah, thank you for that. It's so difficult to be a leader, and especially, I mean, um, with all the various challenges, but yes, adding being a woman and um, being, you know, ex in exile and with from this community that has these expectations, and it makes it even more difficult. And representation is also so important when it comes to like leaders for any group, like you know, race or gender. <clears throat> so now that we've learned a little bit more about these challenges Tibetan women face, I'm curious about the strategies that you, of research that you mentioned or um, that research recommends so that these challenges can be addressed. Yeah, so leaders shared that being self-aware, building a strong support network, and finding balance in your life allowed them to combat these ch the challenges they encountered and to build resilience as leaders. Five TWLs identified that building a strong sense of self was extremely important in overcoming challenges. I define self-awareness as a deep understanding of yourself, knowing your motivations, your goals, your strengths, values, and worth. Um, Nawang, who's one of the TWLs I interviewed, said that knowing your inner strengths is so important um, because you will be resilient in all circumstances if you do. A similar message of self-awareness was echoed by Bande, who said that being a strong leader did not mean that the leader was the best in everything or had to pretend to be the best. And Rinchen um, basically said that for you know, Tibetan women um, should not take criticism of themselves seriously be, and just to focus on um, accepting themselves and learning about how they can be better leaders in the future. This piece, this reflection piece was used to build self-awareness and again, reflection explored what challenges TWLs were experiencing, why they were experiencing them and, and how Tibetan women leaders felt about those challenges and what they could do about the situation. And focusing on the reflection and the self-awareness piece allowed them to fuel their energy to continue to persist and be resilient as Tibetan women leaders moving forward. So another um, piece, another strategy is that all TWLs identify building a support network as the best way to overcome the challenges they faced as leaders in the Tibetan community, because feeling supported by another person added to that healing and triaging. Um, a support network may be anyone who is a family member, a friend, a coworker, a peer, you know, anybody who provides encouragement, validation, a sense of belonging and respect. Both Bande and Gunjo agreed that people who build community around them acknowledge that they are all interconnected and that one success lies in everyone's success and vice versa. Um, Bande said, I always felt like the team wanted me to succeed and to do better. So having that environment was very, very important. And so um, the final strategy is really that most TWLs identified finding balance in life as, as a significant way to increase the endurance of a leader. Some leaders um, have had to make personal sacrifices that they regret in retrospect because of the considerable sort of personal costs attached. 
Instead, they wish that their younger selves had found a better way to balance their personal and political sides of themselves. Um, another type of balance was between responsibilities in their leadership positions at home and in other areas of their life. Ultimately, creating that balance would be a healthier and more grounded way of working towards personal and community goals. Um, and all in all, what I found was that both aspiring Tibetan women leaders and organizations must engage in leadership development for it to create a change in the system and to create a sustainable change in the system. So whether it is individuals aspiring to be TWLs or organizations that create the right conditions for them to flourish and realize their leadership goals, both are really important and both must happen um, simultaneously to create that synergy effect uh, or impact within in the larger system at hand for there to be actual systems change. Thank you so much for that. And thank you again for the work, the research that you've done. So how would you recommend organizations and aspiring women leaders cultivate women's leadership? Are there resources you'd like to recommend? Yes, of course, Ben. Um, I've actually created a leadership development plan template for individuals to reflect on how they want to develop their leadership using three the three strategies that I just mentioned. Um, and for organizations to identify how they're creating environments where aspiring women leaders can thrive using these three different strategies. So this leadership plan can be utilized by anyone who works for an organization because it focuses on personalized reflection that aligns um, individual and organizational leadership goals to create a synergy, like I said earlier. Um, and the leadership development plan ha plans have three components that directly correspond to the leadership strategies TWLs mentioned. So those are self-awareness, balance, support networks. Um, having individuals and organizations reflect on where they are in regards to these strategies and where they'd like to go in the future is one tool to help align people and organizations toward the same leadership goals. Again, both individuals and organizations must be invested in this reflective work for there to be any significant leadership development progress. And this work should be happening consistently across the various organizational structure and throughout a period of time for it to lead to a sustainable change in the organizational culture. This tool is a time for, uh, this tool is a personal reflection of how these individuals want to grow their leadership and how organizations can support them on their journey. It seems so simple and it really is. <laughs> all in all, I think fostering women's leadership is a story of inclusion and both individuals and organizations must create the right environment for, for aspiring women leaders and others to really thrive. The story of TWLs is a story of inclusion for women in any marginalized community that feel like they don't have what they need to thrive as leaders. And I hope that as society becomes more conscious of these marginalized experiences in leadership development, we build a culture centered around intention, reflection, and inclusion. Wow, those sound like really great resources. For all our listeners, Tenzin has been kind enough to share the, these resources, and they're posted to our website, forumonworkplaceinclusion.org, forecast podcast. Thank you so much again, Tenzin, for joining us today. It was so fascinating to learn about the Tibetan women leaders and the reflective work they've done and the resilience they've built to be where they are today. Thank you, Ben. I would not be here without the wonderful network of support I had, including the six TWLs and 42 youth who participated in my research, my family, and my friends. I'd like to dedicate this podcast to them for sharing their wisdom, lending me a helping hand, and for believing in me. And I wish you and everyone else listening um, 
the best um, on their, your leadership journeys. And I hope you're able to be where you want to be um, and that you find the, the right support for you to flourish as a leader. Thank you. Thank you, Tenzin. And thank you to all our listeners. Thank you so much, Tenzin, for this wonderful podcast. And thank you to our listeners and our sponsor, Best Buy. To learn more, you can email Tenzin directly at tenzin.norton at gmail.com. New episodes of the Forum podcast are available at forumworkplaceinclusion.org forward slash podcast. You can also find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and Stitcher. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day. Thank you again for listening to the Forum and Workplace Inclusion podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to get updates and the latest episodes. Also, tell us what you think by reviewing our podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. For more information, visit us at forumworkplaceinclusion.org or search Workplace Forum on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you very much and have a great day. The Forum and Workplace Inclusion podcast is recorded at Augsburg University in Minneapolis, Minnesota. One of the most diverse private colleges in the Midwest, Augsburg University offers more than 50 undergraduate majors and nine graduate degrees to 3,400 students of diverse backgrounds at its campus in the vibrant center of the Twin Cities and nearby Rochester, Minnesota location. Augsburg educates students to be informed citizens, thoughtful stewards, critical thinkers, and responsible leaders. And Augsburg education is defined by excellence in the liberal arts and professional studies, guided by the faith and values of the Lutheran Church, and shaped by its urban and global settings. Learn more at augsburg.edu.